0: Welcome to a workplace. I haven't punched anyone at work. What happens when someone says you were giving him googly eyes? I only wear tight, see-through t-shirts. How much do you compromise to get what you want? Moms who work are just parenting two times. This is like modern work. Well, you could give the job to him, but I'll do it for less. That's sexual harassment. Sorry I'm not wearing makeup. This is just how I look. Working (laughs) and having a vagina. (laughs) ready or not. Here we come. We're starting. We're starting. Look at that spike. So distracting when I can see my laugh spikes in the audio. Yeah. Is this your milk? Did you drink milk? (laughs) Was that from last? That's from last time. Last time? Last week? Well, there's no milk in it, but it is a cloudy glass. Have you gone through your half gallon of raw milk from last week? Yes. Yeah. Easy. Okay. Yeah. When I went to the farm today and she offered me a gallon a week, I was like, oh, I don't know if we can get through a gallon a week. And I already drank half the half gallon (laughs) today in two hours. So um, maybe we'll reconsider. And I've been reading up on all sorts of recipes and like ways that farmers freeze and like homesteaders um, freeze their dairy and create things for the winter. Yeah. Like hard cheeses and yogurt and like a whole bunch of stuff it's nuts i didn't even i didn't consider the seasonality of food if you weren't just buying it at a store well that's the thing (laughs) it's a totally different experience because like the chickens stop laying for the winter so you don't have eggs the i assume the cows don't milk all winter because people are like saying that you need to or maybe they do but you still need to like store up a bunch of stuff anyway for the winter because you just don't have food and then like vegetables what's the squash that is supposed to last you through the winter winter squash is it called winter squash yeah oh I thought I mean that's like the category (laughs) I thought it was weirdly I thought it was summer squash that you like harvest in the summer for the winter Yellow squash is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's a summer squash. That's a summer. What would be a winter? Oh, like an acorn
1: Yeah, squash. Or butternut
0: squash. Okay, okay. That makes more like sense. Like the hard. Those are very hard. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. Dang. But anyway, so like... Yeah, you're not having a tomato in the winter. No. I just never considered that people ate completely different foods in the winter than the summer when they were farming like as their means to live really easy to take for granted it is but it's like it's a, I think that's a really fun way to approach food yeah is like if it's coming from mexico in the grocery store then it's not growing around you at that time right so like right maybe your body doesn't want it or maybe yeah you could be eating something different yeah that's fair Maybe we really should be trying to get fat in the winter, at the start of winter, because our bodies are going to lose a lot of, if you if we didn't have an abundance of food at our fingertips, we would be losing weight yeah. into the spring Yeah. before stuff comes back up. Well, and like um, cherries have something in them that's like really good for your joints. Oh. And cherries are ripe okay. like in the middle of June. When, like, farmers are, like, halfway through their season, like, you're pretty sore by then. Oh, man. Yeah, like, all these things. (laughs) And then greens that are coming up in the winter is, like, what you need because there's no sun. (laughs) You're, like, getting less sun. Oh, man. So cool. My friend Allie asked me about raw milk because she listened to our podcast. She was like, I feel like I know what's going on in your life because I hear you talking on your podcast, but then I don't call you and tell you what's going on in my life. (laughs) I try not to share too many personal details so that people still have to call me (laughs) or like just check in every now and then. Um, Okay. Uh, (laughs) Four minutes. I'm Diana Piper. I'm Paige Slaughter. (laughs) You just finger gunned me. Because we almost forgot, but I can't go first now. We've already established that, so. You really made sure. Uh you gave me a little pistol. Yeah, a little finger pistol there. Don't forget to introduce yourself. Um, what are we talking about today, Paige? Well, we drew a vague topic. It was like financial problems. Yes, very big. Very open-ended. So then it inspired us to dig into your past inspiration, uh-huh. which was, I don't know, the title got cut off on the screenshot on your phone, so I don't actually know what <laughs> your idea You wrote a dot, dot, dot at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, just like what, yeah, just so like how it my, my idea was to start a blog, like an anonymous blog called The Incompetent Financialist, where it's like uh, how to like a money money advice in reverse like what not to do um and i started a list of all these different money problems that i think people make not just our generation but like everyone everyone makes um and it was inspired by the pandemic at the start of the pandemic it was like astonishing to me how many people were like immediately out of rent money or immediately out of food or immediately like on the streets and it, and it just occurred to me that you know there is a statistic i think that like only oh no, god jeez 5% of people are like actively saving toward retirement or something uh-huh. like that and and you're like that can't be right there's got to be more than that and then something then a crisis happens and then you're like wow we're all real close to being homeless. So Yeah, yeah. Um so that was what started the idea for the blog. And then I I didn't do it because it was like you know, we had a new baby and you can't you can't do math when you're sleep deprived. So here we are. Sorry, <laughs> I'm yawning again. Oh, I'm so tired. Um here we are. we're gonna go through a few money mistakes. So I don't know what you chose. I picked five mistakes. Did you pick five? Yeah. I picked like two, three, four mistakes and one sort of topical uh, thing. It's not like, it's a mistake that people make, but not with their money, but it involves. Was it on your list? Their money. Yes, it's on there. It was on the list. So we might have some overlap, which is fine. All right, hit it. Okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Do we want to alternate? Can we alternate? I was wondering that too, but okay. I thought I'd just be, I thought I'd be decisive instead <laughs> of asking. Well, I will but start. Now here we are. Because you made the decision. <laughs> and I think we should alternate. Great. Okay. So my first one that I picked was partying with socialites. Did you use that one? No. Okay, great. But I wrote which mistake number because I thought that was kind of fun. Oh, you had okay. them all numbered. All right. So what number is it? Because you had, like, I don't know, like 40 mistakes. (laughs) My phone. Why are we just looking around the room? (laughs) We're just looking. We felt like we needed some core twists, so we just both searched for our phones without (laughs) removing our butts from the floor. Yeah. We both did the, I'm looking for my phone move. Do you have your phone move? All right. Incompetent financialist. So partying with socialites is number 17. All right. Mistake number 17. Mistake number 17. Okay. So what does that mean? It means if you have rich friends or you are seduced by the rich crowd, you're going to be in big trouble. Like if you don't have the income to support the same exact habits that your friends have, you're always going to be poor. Because your friends aren't making financial decisions for you. They don't know how much money you have. Or maybe they do, but they're like, oh, come on, just do it. Because for them, it's no big deal. So these are some things that happen that I've noticed when you start spending time around a uh, a new money or a young money kind of crowd. Is that socialite? Socialite. Is that specific to, like, a class? Or is it just somebody who likes to be social? Mm, I've always... I've always defined socialite in my mind as, like, an upper class, um, Bougie you baby. know, party animal. Yeah, like a, like the, okay, so a socialite is a person who is well known in fashionable society and is fond of social activities and entertainment. So that's pretty vague. So for me, personally, it's someone who is, like, a child of wealthy people and, and spends that money jet setting doing fancy dinners doing fun fun things that they can afford because they have their parents money but if you are a friend of a socialite who does not have that money you are in big trouble mister mister um (laughs) i i was gonna say it like michelle from (laughs) full house but then i was like don't do that that'll (laughs) sound weird but then i did it anyway by accident (laughs) and it did sound weird (laughs) I do I had a list. <laughs> um, okay. So one thing that happens is that suddenly you're introduced to like very fancy products that you never knew existed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just like designer names. We all know that designers exist, but there are these offshoot brand, you know, products that you're like, oh, everything in my life could be a fancy brand. Like my face wash or my shampoo or my deodorant or my pants or my shoes, you know, like things that are everyday items Mm -hmm. that you were like perfectly fine with your middle of the road face wash or whatever and shampoo. And then someone comes along and has amazing hair and amazing skin because they can afford these like really expensive products. So you're like, I should get those products too. And then... You're off and running. So that's one thing that can happen. The other thing, other things, um, eating at high end restaurants, right? Because people with money tend to have expensive taste, even if it's not actually better than, you know, a hole in the wall, one dollar sign on Yelp kind of place. um, That's the thing about people with money is they've never. hmm, How do I say this? you've never been forced to find a really good place that is also cheap, right? Like, because right. why would you seek that out? You wouldn't, you don't really really need to. And then there's that added bonus of people saying, well, I'm a foodie. you know. We all know like. how you feel about that. <laughs> We've already discussed how I feel about people who claim to be foodies. And like, if you don't know, you know, you like what you like, I'm not going to tell people how to spend their money, just like how I don't want a rich person to tell me how to spend money. But going to fancy restaurants might not be something that's in your budget, like every week. I mean, that adds up. Even going to a mediocre restaurant every week is like maybe 50 bucks a week, 75 bucks a week for a couple or something like that, depending on what you're getting. God help you if you're getting sushi. So anyway, (laughs) Um, the next thing is they vacation differently. They vacation in nicer places, bigger places, and you're splitting the cost typically. Like if you're getting an Airbnb somewhere or you're getting a beach house or anything like that, and where you're going might be somewhere that you wouldn't think to go. Uh, Have you heard of uh, Punta, Punta Mita? No. Is that what it's called? in Mexico my neighbors parents have a house there and i had never heard of it their their kids brought me back like a little trinket from there and i was like oh that's so cute i don't know what it is. and then my sister in law's brother is getting married there and i was like hey i know where that is my neighbors parents have a place there she said whoa really and i was like uh maybe i don't know now why <laughs> she was like, because it is mucho money, like very, very, very wealthy. So apparently there's Punta Mita, which is like a fully gated in community that is like tech CEOs and billionaires and whatever those people have houses there. And then there's the area around Punta Mita that people still call Punta Mita. And that is where my neighbors, (laughs) parents are still very wealthy, but not 10 minutes of security going through the gate. Right. So Anyway, so like, you know, socialites like to go to places like that where you're like, oh, I've never heard of it. That'll be fun. And you agree to go. And then before you know it, your whole paycheck or two or three is going toward vacation time all of a sudden. Feel free to chime in anytime. Here, I've been talking for like four minutes straight. Well, I'm wondering if you're gonna just run through this list. No, you know, no, no. no. Okay. We're on just one mistake. So. All right, all right. Let me let me just run through the last three. I won't go in detail. So, like buying bottle service at nightclubs. Have you ever done that? No, no. Of course you haven't. Good job. <laughs> and then buying new clothes to look good in the in the socialite, you know, sphere. So like never wearing the same thing twice. And then feeling pressure to maintain that standard. So, like, once you've already been in with this group for a while, you can't then say, hey, guys, I'm going broke. I can't do the things that you want to do anymore because then it's like, why not? It's like somebody who used to drink saying they're going to be sober. Right. And then everybody's like, well, what are we going to do together? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then it creates a rift. So there's that pressure to keep the standard. So specifically partying with socialites, maybe the solution is you can still be friends with people in different classes, but you might decide to like choose your hobbies a little differently right the way you spend your time together yeah or you host you host them for dinner at your house to spend quality time with them yeah instead of being like what do you want to do and then I don't know still though it's a slippery slope if you're like really close with someone who has just way more money than you you're just naturally going to start spending more It's the same with, um, you know, being friends with a bunch of people who are uh, way skinnier or way fatter than you. You're going to start taking on their, taking on their habits. I once went out to a dinner with, uh, actually several dinners with a socialite circle of women. And at every meal, they would all eat like two or three bites. And that was it. And they would leave the rest on their plate. And it would be, like, very delicious food, very expensive food. But they would – it was, like, very posh to just eat a few bites and then, like, be on your phone yeah. the rest of the time or, like, find something to complain about. <laughs> and, like, that was the evening. And I was like, yikes. Uh, can I have yours? You know what Can I eat the rest of your food? I mean, that's maybe a good way to party with socialites just eat their food. Embrace your role as the poor one and just be like, I'll have your food if you don't want it. Okay. Well, here I'm going to, one of the ones I wrote down, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. Um, Mistake number 31, damning the rich. Ooh, this was a topic that I had down Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was. No, no, no. <laughs> of, of the one, of oh, one that Oh, you wrote I that I one picked. too. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's jam on this one. I don't know how you like initially like intended this one to be, but for me, I interpret it as like, what's your money? The mistake there is like being down on people with money mm-hmm. because then you're kind of creating like not a really helpful money mindset for yourself. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I think maybe, but <laughs> like hanging out with, you know, people with all different, if you have like a diverse set of friends, mm-hmm. then you can really be intentional about like what your goals are, where your standards are, like how you want your life to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I've been there where it's like, if you're super down on rich people, like negative about people with money. Then you're probably gonna be stuck without money because you have this like pretty bad relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah. If you went around referring to everyone with more money than you as a Nazi, you wouldn't want to be a Nazi, would you? You know, like <laughs> you're making them an enemy right. that you will never become. Totally. It's not a good not a good look. Not yeah. a good mentality. That's exactly what I meant by it. Oh, and a lot of people do this. Yeah. Everyone. Even very wealthy people yes. do it because there's always someone with more money than you that you can blame you can pass the buck yes. and blame yeah yeah I think that's a huge I think that's a huge mistake I would agree with that. have you heard people do that before yeah I was just around somebody who I, I noticed him he did it like a few times over the course of a week mm-hmm. just like just little comments like Oh, that's an expensive car. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't afford... Oh, this is somebody else. Oh, I would do that if I could afford it. Mm -hmm. And I know how much money they have. (laughs) And so it's funny to be like, yeah, but you buy a bunch of crap. Like, you buy a bunch of crap toys all the time. Yeah. So it's really has... Those two things aren't lining up. Like, this Mm -hmm. isn't actually, like... This is cheap. I've been really hung up on, like... Being cheap versus being frugal. Uh-huh. And I think, like, part of being cheap is, like, being down on people that have money. Yeah. And that's a very different thing than, like, being resourceful and being, like, not... Very. Yeah. Very. When I'm going to work with new clients, I can always tell who has worked for their money and who has not. Mm. Based on really just, like, one thing... If I see a Kirkland brand product in their house, they made their own money. And that's like held true for a very long time. Like if they shop at Costco or like some sort of bargain deal place, like wholesale place, they made their money because they're not just tossing it. They'll still buy really nice things from Costco. Like yeah. Really not, you know, they'll get like three, six packs of. Pellegrino or whatever you're like that's not that doesn't seem like something I would I'll stick with the Kirkland brand of whatever but like I feel like people who've made their own wealth know what they like and they'll spend their money on that and then the other stuff they will go with like bargains and they'll they'll shop they'll shop smart if they're new money if they're inherited money or if they're a person who's gotten money from litigation like they've just sued people to get rich which is like a whole brand of person that, that I've learned about. <laughs> um, they will have the best of the best of the best and they will also be assholes to you. Like the people who have earned their money are not always, they're not always getting the best of the best of the best. There are certainly some fancy products or a car or whatever, or their house is huge, but they will be salt of the earth. They don't see themselves as rich And they'll be very nice to you. They'll treat you well. But not new money, not young money, not litigation money, not inherited money. Like all those, the generational wealth kids or the trust fund kids or the litigation kids, they're all like not, they're all not very nice. And they will have the best of everything. Like the best ski gear, the best mountain biking gear, the best cars, the best house on the best block. Like, and they'll let you know about it, too. And they won't tip you. Like, they won't tip well. They'll be rude to servers. Like, it's, it is nearly, nearly certain. Like, I don't know. There are certainly exceptions to that, but I haven't met one yet. I'm just throwing that out there because I'm sure they exist. I'm sure, like, some rich family raised their children right. But it's hard to do. It's really hard to do when kids know that their parents have money. It's hard to get started on your own. Like, you're yeah. never hungry. You're never hungry. Anyway. So damning the rich. The other thing that I want to talk about with this is... Um, so I've been thinking a lot about, like, socioecon- the socioeconomics of our childhood pretty much dictate our relationship with the world forever. So... um if you like taking food, for example, if you grew up in a household that didn't have a lot to spare and you left food on your plate, like that was a big problem, right? Like that was an issue. And you, and you weren't always getting that. You weren't getting the best quality food. Like you're getting, (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to name foods that people are like, Hey, I like that. But like we, we always had, you know, we had hamburger helper, we had cereal in a bag, we had, we weren't like dirt poor, but we certainly didn't spend a lot of money on like the best quality food because we would just go through it so quickly with five kids. And so, <laughs> so now as an adult, I've been reflecting on getting these higher quality food items, mm-hmm. getting raw milk, getting fresh eggs, getting things that are like really, really nutritious and good for you. They're more expensive. And there's this conditioning in me that is like, ooh, yeah. try to get as most the most food that you can for as little as possible. Because that's what we did as a family. Right. And that is my relationship with food. I think we all have relationships with food. Some people have healthier ones than others. But how you grew up largely dictates that. Like how food was used in your house. Was it strictly celebratory and social and fun? Mm-hmm. Was it, like, necessity or shoved down your throat? Or, like, was it love, a figure of love? Like, was it – because there are cultural families where the parents feed the kids, and if you don't eat the food, you're rejecting their love. Yeah. Therefore, you don't love them. And that's a hard place to be, too. And so, um, so reflecting on, like, getting better quality food, it's more expensive. And I realized recently, I was like, I'm still eating like I'm poor in a lot of ways. Like I've I've been making good strides in picking better nutritional foods, mm-hmm. but I still eat like I'm poor. And you think that's like linked to damning the rich in a way? It's a it's a I there was not really a lot of that talk in our house growing up. Yeah. But there was certainly a we are not them. Right. We don't have that. We are the have-nots. Well, there yeah, there's a pr- <laughs> like a pride around scarcity. I that's think, yes that yeah. can be felt and like expressed in a lot of different ways one place that i lived for a few yeah. years in particular that was like the culture of the the whole region was like scarcity cheap and like we're proud of it and like yeah. that and like don't if you're like anything outside of that then you're like who are you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it's a really strange <laughs> like, it's a strange thing that comes out of it among strangers, among, like, mm-hmm. in the business setting. Like, how do you sell products to people that are take pride in not spending money? You right. know, like, it really had this weird yeah. ripple effect on everything in the whole community. That's a That's a really important point, too. What I thought you were going to say was how often people will try to say that they came from nothing. Like, there's uh a lot of pride in that, too. Like, I'm not rich. I grew up poor. You're like, what? (laughs) Like, I'm standing in your multi-million dollar home, but you're still trying to tell me that you don't have money or that because you grew Mm -hmm. up without money, that you're perpetually poor. Like, even politicians do it all the time. They constantly cry poor mouth. And you're like, ah... Oh, who Sorry. was it? Sorry, didn't you go to like the top law school in the country? Like, I got oh, no like typically if you're going to an Ivy League and you did come from nothing, you're typically an immigrant. Like that's been my experience that like you have come from a different country altogether and you have like made it. You know, and you're you're amazing. But it's typically not like <laughs> middle-class white kids that are like I did it yeah I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and got into Yale or Harvard or whatever <laughs> maybe that yeah it's the bootstrap like the the novelty of it or like the idealist sentiment I, around <clears throat> like picking yourself up that's like maybe really embedded in I really want to like think on Americans. this for a minute because everyone doesn't yeah right it has nothing I'm thinking – I'm really thinking specifically, like, about the middle class. Like, I'm thinking, like, people who are, you know, really totally stable Mm -hmm. and have enough money to, you know, buy a bunch of shit on Amazon and, like, are – Yeah, have an expendable income but not – Yeah, it's the keeping up – And the keeping up with the Joneses and the, you know, the – well, I'm, like – like, I'm too good to be – Like oh look at them they're like lazy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I'm too good to be rich. Like oh look at them they're elite elitist. You know it's like correct a weird like yeah. I wonder what would happen if we all had to wear our tax bracket on ourselves. Like if we all had to wear the band the economic band that we belong to like on our body as a sign. Uh, It would still be, I think it would still be the exact same thing. It It would still be like, like Oh, well you, you have the Like, look, you're in the upper middle class. Obviously you have the job that blah, 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 or whatever. Like stratification will and has always and will always exist. Everybody wants to stratify somehow Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how elite your group may seem. There's still some stratification. So like, Navy SEALs, for example, you would think just being a Navy SEAL is like a very elite group. It's a small group. Like, wow, Navy SEALs, you did it. But there's this tribe within the Navy SEALs that if you're like, what is it called? Oh, I don't know. Ask David Goggins. But like, there's this hyper, hyper exclusive group within the Navy SEALs, where if you're not that, you ain't shit, you know, like, then you're not even really a Navy SEAL. It's like, um, is it necessary? I don't know. And probably within that group, there's probably stratification. But yeah. like, we really want someone to be on the bottom. Somebody else. Yes. But it's yeah. But but it's we don't want to admit that we're at the top. <laughs> Sometimes, it's kind of right. like what you're describing. Like you want you you want people to be beneath you because you want to feel, feel feel superior. But you don't want to come off as holier than now. so you're gonna like. Make fun of the person who's perceived to be above you as like somehow maliciously they got to where they were. Totally. I don't know. Yeah. It's very strange. Okay. So I'm going to make an amendment to okay. mis- mistake number 31. Okay. Damning the rich or damning the poor. Or damning the poor. Or damning anybody based <laughs> <It's> on money <laughs> really is like that's the mistake. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you start like looking outside of you and, you know, attacking somebody's character like just based just based on what they have Mm -hmm. as a way to like identify yourself like that's a mistake because now your mindset's all like messed up it's all messed up yeah i don't know but let's turn let's turn this logic around though if you damn the rich that means you'll never be rich if you damn the poor does it mean you'll never be poor does that mindset keep you? From becoming poor? Or is it just your circumstances? I don't, I mean, I don't know. That seems like a different thing. Like, yeah, probably, but like, maybe not. That's not like a mindset issue, though. It's, I don't know. I'm struggling right now with being a poor person eater. You know, like I'm eating poor people food. Not really. Like, not anymore. But I still have that tendency in me. Yeah, but that's not because you were... But if I damned the poor, would I say, I'm not going to eat, like, the poor anymore? I'm not going to eat, like, a poor person if I damned them. Would it help me? I don't know. Okay, then yeah, I guess (laughs) logically that's true. But you might also not be able to have any, like, compassion for, like... The world, right? Than like other humans, right. Or like be able to notice things that are wrong or good, or you yeah. know, like yeah. you're putting yourself <laughs> in a pretty hard shell. Um, yeah. I wish I, I wish I could say something more, more um, thoughtful on the on the notion of everybody wanting to s- seem like they came from nothing because they're really is something to that. There's so many people do it. And my MBA program, I mean, for God's sake, it's a, it's a MBA program in DC at a very good school. Like, and people still be like, I came from nothing. I was like, I can't, I guess, I, I don't know. Or they would still act like they'd have this chip on their shoulder that like, well, I'm not like you people. And it's like, no, we're all pretty alike now. We're all in the same boat. Like, it doesn't serve you to have a chip on your shoulder mm-hmm. in that situation. And that's kind of – that can be a problem. Well, nobody wants to be privileged. Right. Like, no – I mean, dear, we're only a year – you know, just look back a year ago. Yeah. Like, it was a shit storm. Yeah. Nobody wanted to – nobody wants to be Mm-hmm. In a privileged we're all in this position, together. we're all in this together. Yeah, is what like celebrities oh, we're, just... were saying from their mansions, and people what? were really upset about that. It was like, who cares? It's not about color. <laughs> we're all just people. Yeah. <laughs> it's not how much. Like no, nobody wants to admit that they're in in a position of like that they had it a little bit easier. Yeah, I don't. But know. But maybe I think, but that's a super clash from like what we're all supposed to be striving for in society you know like how do you mean well it's like we're we're i think we're all taught in a lot of different ways like indirect message messages just coming at us all the time friends whatever that you know you should strive for like Success. having a big house yeah. having a car having a good job yes. blah 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 you should want all these things and actively flaunt them. Right. But then also act like you got both feet on the ground and you're like still one of one with the people. Yeah. And that we're all equal and you right. didn't have any help. Right. Like those are like pretty <laughs> opposing. Yeah. Yeah. Know, forces and that I think we all like have a hard time. Yeah. Figuring out. Yeah. All right. I feel like okay. we've, we've harped on that one pretty well. All right. Well, it's me again. Uh, Yeah, it is. That was yours also, right? Um, (laughs) mistake number four: working seasonal jobs. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a reason why this blog was going to be anonymous, because there are a lot of unpopular opinions on here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that one was sad because, like, oh. I've really, I had some great seasonal jobs, but, you know, the oh, only. Yeah. The, well, when, how old were you when you worked those seasonal uh, jobs? Uh, like 25. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, it's too old. 22. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, was college. Seasonal jobs are for kids, for teenagers. 22 to 26. That's not that bad. guess um, mm-hmm. Because I loved it. I mean, that's right. farming farming seasonal. Yeah, okay. that's fine. No, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're just not going to have any money. Well, that's why I stopped. <laughs> there, see, there you go. That's We're literally the only reason why I stopped. So I guess that's all I have to say about that. Want <laughs> want, oh, but I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm I am on my way back to that life with all the benefits of. Having missed out on that life in the last few years. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, that's entirely different. Well, actually, it's not. I mean, my thing is still correct. (laughs) The mistake is still there. Yeah. If you stay in a seasonal job, if you choose to do that because you love it, that is your choice. That's totally fine. But most people, I think, would love to have a little bit of financial freedom. And that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about massing sums of money like huge huge gains we're talking about like having enough in the bank to your name so that you don't you're not out on your ass during a pandemic you you don't you know um have to rely on other people to to do things you don't have to say stay stuck in a job that you hate because you don't have money like these are all these are all things little tiny freedoms that you can have if you just have like a little bit of financial sense i think there are probably a very very small percentage of people who build their life around doing seasonal work and they do it really well Mm -hmm. and they have a savings right like there are some pretty good gigs out there and if you like you know if you have your head on your shoulders i think there are some people that make it work yeah i think sometimes when we when we lower our standard of living, we lower our income expectations as well. For instance, people who like choose to live out of a van or an RV or something like that, mm-hmm. if you are doing that in order to save money, that is an amazing decision. That's yeah. a very good decision. But if you're doing that and you're like, oh, I just want to feel free. I just want to be on the road and then you're not work. you're still not working a steady job like remotely or you're not being smart about how you're spending, then you're always going to live in that RV and you're never, ever going to be able to retire. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And so the
0: choice kind of, yeah. So it depends for people like, I know my husband and I had a very low standard of living in terms of like the size of the places that we lived in. And the types of the activities that we did. We passed on a lot of stuff that was really fun. Ugh, one of them was a Bruno Mars concert. I still, <laughs> I still wish wish we had been able to do it, but it was like $5.50 a ticket or something. Like yeah. it was not it was too expensive, you know, and like, and those decisions add up. Those little sacrifices add up a lot. As long as you don't turn around and spend it on something stupid. And that's what gets people is like they might be able to make the sacrifice but then they don't know what to do with that money mm-hmm. except spend it. So what financial mistake was this? Oh, working seasonal jobs. So you're getting back to it now though? No, no, no. I I found like in in farming like I knew right away that was like the uh, life I wanted. Yeah. But I also knew pretty quickly I don't want to rely on this. Right. So right. I'm going to find a way to fund this lifestyle mm-hmm. without relying on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been, like, what I've been trying to do oh, since then. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it is sad because after I'm on my computer all day, so then I'm like, man. It would be nice to go <laughs> dig in a field for a while. Um, no, that's fair. I just think when – When you're only working, like enough to cover the rest of the year or two, I think I'm gonna sneeze. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, thank goodness! It was not a long wait. It was not a long wait that time. Um, When you're working seasonal jobs to fund, like you work six months to fund the next six months, you can't do that. That's not gonna, right? That's not gonna work. Yeah. and oh, see, I immediately just interpret it as, like, you do a summer thing and then you do a winter thing. You do a summer thing, a winter thing. and Well, but still, there's probably, like, a few months yeah. off from that. Yeah. Like, teachers have the summers off. And they can take that time. Like, this is kind of what rubs me about teacher salaries. People like people, teachers need to be paid more and they need to be paid more. And this is an unpopular opinion as well. <laughs> because, but, like. When you have three months of the year off, that salary now seems appropriate. In some in some cases. Mm-hmm. There are still grossly underpaid teachers and they're all pretty much underappreciated. But um, but there are a lot of shit teachers out there. So like I'm talking to them. <laughs> Cause you know what? I've known a lot of good teachers who are are so good that people say can you do summer school for my kid can you tutor my child outside of it and they're like sure I can and then they pick up extra cash through the summer or whatever Mm -hmm. but to just sit idle for three months if you want to do that that's cool but don't cry about the fact that you're not getting paid for a quarter of the year (laughs) when you're not doing anything but so you think of being a teacher as a seasonal no, no, no. I don't think of it as being a seasonal job, but I'm saying there is a season that could be capitalized. Like they could have a seasonal job through the summer to supplement their income for the rest of the year. Yeah. That would be an appropriate use of a seasonal job. Not just like, I don't know, typically seasonal jobs, you're not always guaranteed. I mean, some people, you're right. They can make it work, but I don't know. I don't know who they are. I've never met anybody who's like, wow, they're really doing well for themselves and they do this winter thing and this, this cold weather gig mm-hmm. and this warm weather gig. But I don't know. <laughs> and just doing extremely well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wish I had given myself a little more context around these mistakes. Cause in my mind <laughs> I had like four page articles going in my head. Well, on, I'm like, sure you would if you sat down and actually the whole wrote thing. about any of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we have, so, okay, the rest of the mistakes that we have are investing rather than paying your mortgage, buying a dog, and buying booze. What do you have on your agenda? Keeping debt, always trading time for money, Mm -hmm. and trying to buy a personality. (laughs) So Diana, I can't I, even, I, <laughs> I didn't even pick it up. Cause I was like, this is going to be too much. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> That's a space workplace. You found us here. Now click subscribe so we can keep filling your ear holes and get us on Instagram at a workplace podcast. What workplace? Not a no.